So today we were joined by Rick Till. Uh, David, I thought it was a very fun conversation. Rick's always a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the human resources realm. Um, and we focused a lot on the ideas of wellness programs, what he's seen in his 30-plus uh, year career. Um, he, he did a good job, I think, for us reinforcing the idea that, you know, as employers, we actually care about our employees. I think that's probably something that maybe doesn't get pushed enough or talked about enough, but it's, it's just true. Um, you, as an employer, you want your employees to be happy and healthy and everything else, um, selfishly because you want them to keep coming to work, but you just you just want them to have a good life and if you can contribute to that. And I think Rick, everything he was a part of, it sounded like he kind of made sure that everyone knew that that was part of why they were why they were doing it. So thank him for uh, bringing that out. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to some of his success stories and just kind of going through the bullet points on how you create a successful wellness plan, uh, the awareness and the support, um, creating some maybe some smaller teams inside of the company to help push the uh, wellness programs. Uh, so I think you'll find a lot of good little nuggets in here and, and find it worthwhile listening. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Team, Healthy Business. We're happy today to be joined by our guest, Rick Till. Um, Rick is, and I have crossed paths over the years um, through some various, I guess, volunteer organizations working with the local education community and the small business community trying to get those two groups to talk together and work together. Um, but now Rick is, um, is uh, working on trying to be retired see how good he's doing at that but <laughs> Rick has a vast background in human resource management and things like that both um, in the private consulting business and also with some larger manufacturing businesses that he's worked with so we thought it'd be a great guest for us to have so Rick thanks for thanks. joining us today thanks for your um, would you mind just kind of giving a more formal uh, sure. bio that I had ready sure. and then, um, no, you, you, you've hit, hit some high points there so yeah over I've spent about 35 years with mostly large manufacturing companies I was at uh, Variable Graphics I was at uh, um, it was Shenandoah Valley Press in Strasburg mm -hmm. which yeah. people call the press that's right and uh, then became Judd's uh, and the most recent uh, retired as Vice President of HR for O'Sullivan Films on Valley Avenue and uh, now Continental. Yeah. Uh, they were acquired four, four years ago. So I also spent 10 years in public ed. I was a teacher in Frederick County, taught at Ayler, and uh, still run into former, former students. <laughs> uh, and then uh, also had a role in central office human resources, both at Winchester Public Schools and Loudoun County Public Schools. Okay. And, uh, and for some odd reason, I've spent 20 years with German-owned companies. So yeah. there's, a, there's a different dynamic to that, and uh, that's another podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll do that one, too. Oh, okay. Um, and then local involvement, like you said, I've uh, been involved, you know, having been a CTE teacher, uh, been involved in CTE uh, advisory groups and such, uh, workforce initiative with part of the EDA for Frederick County. I was on the Winchester School Board for two terms, uh, Discovery Museum Board. Mm. Uh, Bright Futures, uh, recently with uh, Go Virginia Region 8, yep. which is the grant program mm -hmm. through the state, uh, and now still uh, and serving now on the Frederick County EDA. So, Great. Um, yeah, still in, still involved. Currently, uh, I did have a consulting firm that did not make it through COVID, right. um, but right. uh, I'm still doing uh, adjunct faculty for Lord Fairfax, uh, Laurel Ridge, Ridge Community right. College, yeah. uh, Workforce Solutions. Uh, so I'm still doing work with them. So that's that's kind of the background, varied and diverse. Great. Yeah. What so, we like. Thank good. you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Rick, would you mind um, <clears throat> kind of going into maybe some success stories that you've seen um, in either wellness plans or financial plans or anything that kind of helped with that employee engagement as well as retention? Sure. Sure. It's a hot, hot topic. Now. <laughs> yeah. Trying to keep people. Um, yeah, first, I think I, the, the first focus, I think, as you talk about wellness is that from a company perspective, employer perspective is, is that um, you want to actually care about employees, you know, and I think that people know that whether you care about them and it's important that, you know, that's the primary focus is that you actually care about employees to be for their wellness and their health. I've also heard from uh, various insurance brokers over the years that wellness is like the final frontier. Uh, you know, you've messed around with premiums and deductibles and all of those kinds of things, and really they're not moving the needle, but wellness can uh, move the needle in terms of both cost, but also from an employee health perspective. So. Um, yeah, I think that you know insurance rates. We can talk a little bit more about insurance as you know as we as, as we talk today. Um, and then really, you do when you talk, start talking about caring about employees. You want to reduce sickness, you want to reduce absenteeism, and that's a secondary benefit for for the organization. I mean, that's you know that, that, I think that's legitimate to, mm -hmm. to care about that as well from a business perspective. So some programs that either I've, I've been directly involved in or I've seen. Um, and I'll kind of list those through and we can kind of, you know, ask questions or, yeah. you know, we can, we can bounce them back and forth. One organization I had had an on-site nurse who also functioned as the safety manager. So then you had this nurse resource, um, you know, wasn't practicing medicine, but was a resource for employees, whether they were sick or their families, you know, uh, again, caring about the whole, you know, the whole employee and everything that they're involved in. Um, I've also seen organizations that have on-site contract with medical groups, you know, where they're putting a doc on site for a day or, you know, partial days or something like that, or a nurse practitioner in that. Uh, and that's usually done on a contract basis. Um, been involved in tobacco cessation programs. Again, it's a, you know, it's a voluntary program. Um, but again, it's, I think really as we look at these themes, it's both awareness and support. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things. You want to make people aware of... Um, you know uh, what what they should be thinking about if they're not you mm -hmm. know and and what could help them from a health perspective and a wellness perspective so you know it's paying for um, you know the uh, you know the, the, for tobacco cessation paying for patches and those kinds of things that could that could help them or um, counseling or those kinds of things for tobacco cessation um, also, at, at O'Sullivan, we did a wellness fair every year, and it was an event that um, we brought in vendors, we brought in speakers, uh, we had some activities, always giveaways, you know, with your company name on it, and, <laughs> and, uh, and some prizes, you know, to get people to, to, you know, to throw a ticket in and win a, win a small TV or something like that to get people to, you know, into the event. And then when you're on a you know 24-hour um, shift thing, you're, it's challenging to to you know crossover shifts and those kinds of things to have people um, access you know be able to access access that. The other thing we did was we brought in Valley Health uh, Coach the, uh, the the bus okay. and uh, offered for free blood work and. Uh, so in some cases, you have a lot of employees that you know never never see the doctor, mm -hmm. and uh, in this case, you know there, were, there was one that I remember vividly was he had extremely high blood pressure and did not know it, 
and those are the things that you know you're you're helping them understand um, and you know and they're in a position where they're seeking some additional medical support um, and glucose same thing with right. diabetes and those kinds of things so um, and really you know you're, you're fully paying it and you would have paid it on insurance anyway That's right. so it's it's a wash yeah. you know um, so um, can I ask yeah, a question ahead. related to that because I know you worked at those larger companies where I'm sure there was a senior management team or something uh -huh. that was probably there wasn't an HR in other words they were looking at everything and you were part of that what's what's the pushback uh what's that like from owners managers stockholders when you start talking about hey let's invest in these people's health when you're already paying maybe a partial premium or something else i'm just kind of curious what those discussions were like and what what do those guys want to see or asking about that they would like to know to make sure that these programs are successful well I think it comes back to this the thing I, I started with was you know uh, the, fortunately the companies I've been at uh, they were they were they, they they actually did care about employees yeah. you know and, and what and you you guys know this and that this is really a great workforce in this area and you know my my boss at O'Sullivan was would comment on that frequently just you know he worked around the country and he said this is incredible so, you know the work ethic um, and you know we, we care about the employees individually. So fortunately, I've worked for companies that had that view. Okay. Um, so that was you know primarily they go yeah we want people to be well, but there is an ROI on it, but it's it's maybe a little fuzzy, and that's 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 really what you're getting yeah. at is saying you know uh, the return on investment is, is reduce sickness, reduce absenteeism, less insurance claims. So you know I guess over time you could plot that. You know, as you as you engage in you know act, active wellness programs, are you seeing a decline in, in premiums and costs and those kinds of things? But again, I mean, and you've seen it probably in your businesses as well. You know, a, a, a severe illness could greatly affect you know your your premiums mm -hmm. and and you know your experience rate for for insurance. So I think ROI is. I mean, I, I know that's sort of the answer on everything. But, right. Yeah. Um, does that does that make sense? Or yeah, I, I agree with you. I like you said. It's kind of it could be kind of fuzzy because how do you really calculate that? And because you, you have turnover, you have all these other factors in yep. there to decide. Because one of one of my things would be not even if you're not focusing on the insurance cost, but looking at productivity. Yes, through absenteeism. Right? Yes, yeah. So yeah, those yeah. Are, that's what David and I have talked about a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, we we want you to be healthy selfishly because we want you to come to work every day, right. but then. What also helps with that, and I think people don't want to see, see those out of it, is if all if all your absences are planned and scheduled absences rather than you had to call out sick. Yep. That's such a better way to live. Yes. For everyone. Well, you know? for, certainly for the company. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely. Yeah, you can plan around that. Even for the employee, yes. they're thinking, yes. okay, I'm going on vacation. I don't. Then all of a sudden, I got to burn three days of PTO because I'm sick or my mm -hmm. family's sick. Well, if you can prevent that. You know, there's a there's a there's a payoff to that. It's hard yes. to you can't put it on paper, but there's a payoff to that. Yeah, yeah. And I think to, to David's point is that isn't that the environment that you want to create from a retention perspective? First of all, yeah. that you care, you know, yeah. which which is good. And then the other the other one is yeah that that um, you know to your point, uh, it's a well 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 planned and well executed. Um, you know, for employees, mm -hmm. and, and it's man, and, you know, they, they can manage their PTO better, right? And, yeah, exactly. So I think that's, I think that is a good, that is a good point. Do you have any um, thoughts on if it's the internal management or ownership delivering these new 
um, uh, initiatives that the company wants to roll out, or is it best to bring in an outside agency like Valley Health to come in and deliver this new wellness program? You see any pushback or any issues with the team members when it's usually when it's the boss standing up there and maybe then mm-hmm. they're perceiving that as they only care about our attendance mm-hmm. or they only care about bringing down the insurance premiums? Yeah, and I haven't I you know I haven't had specific experience with that. I mean, it, you know, we always looked at it from a, a you know kind of a blended approach. Is that um, there are companies out there that sell wellness packages, if you will, you know, and uh, we we tended to build it internally. We put a, a wellness committee together with employees that say, "What do you want to see? What can we what can we bring?" I think that's helpful as yeah. well as to get some ideas from employees to say. You know, and it would it would be employees that had that thought about mm-hmm. wellness that were you know um, of the same mind in terms mm-hmm. of wellness matters. Right. Um, then you know, and and then they they tend to become they will become tend to they will become advocates for for that and the programs. Um, so yeah, we t- we took we did we took kind of an a la carte. You know, perspective on it. Say, let's bring Valley Health in for this. Uh, we brought in, you know, some other, you know, some speakers, uh, chiropractor, some other folks that could address. We even brought in the Master Gardener group, you know, because it's kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a uh, recreational activity in terms of stress relief. Right, gardening is always good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gardening is, yeah, exactly. So. Um, so that yeah that that was the approach that we took uh, on it. But I think you know and it's not to say that these you know that the companies that offer wellness initiatives are you know not offering good things. Um, I think there's some advantage to um, having skin in the game from you talk from an owner or mm-hmm. a management perspective is that you care about this. It's not the program of the month or the program mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, we, you know, and I personally not involved in it, but you ought to be doing this, right? Yeah. And, uh, so I think that there's some. Yeah, I think really I would, you know, now as I'm talking it through, I think there's some advantage to having engagement from senior management and, and uh, those. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that. I was going going to ask that question, but you already answered that. I think that's key to if they if somebody's saying, hey, we're having this wellness fair, all these other things we could participate in, but. You know, the guys in the suits up there in the office aren't, aren't doing it. Then well, my, I don't think I'm going to do it either. No, my favorite when I'm, I'm doing classes is, uh, you know, you're teaching this class and, and, and somebody looks and go, has my boss been in this program? Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you know, that, that person doesn't have any of this knowledge or yeah. is, isn't acting that way. Uh, which is interesting. So I think that is along, along the same theme. So, um, you did a step challenge, didn't you? How's that yes. going? Yeah, we're, we're, on, we're on our second one now. Yeah. So, yeah, the first one was a team challenge. Um, there was teams of three, and it was just as many steps as you could do for, I guess it was uh, four weeks. Okay. Um, and then this one is, um, I think she set the floor at like 8,000 steps. So every day you get 8,000 wow. or more, you, you put a one down and how many you get okay. for the week or whatever so, so what's the what's the result except for being healthier uh the, well there's a, there's always a prize oh prize so, yeah okay. yeah i say she said we've we've subbed that out kind of like what david was asking we, we've subbed that out to a, a former guest on our podcast stacy uh-huh. hager uh-huh. um so she comes in and okay does that so you got a third party yeah. yeah yeah i was trying to do it before it's just um oh, yeah it's a lot yeah I, I had the knowledge on the nutrition side that's about the extent of my capability but i don't have the I don't have the wherewithal and not to do everything else to run the business yeah. to kind of keep that going like it needs to. Yeah. Um, 
But I was going to ask you too when you talked. We talked about a little bit about insurance and premiums. It seems like it always comes back to that, which I hate. Yeah. But there's there's the whole carrot and the stick thing, right? Yeah. So all of us could sit in a room and say we really want our employees to be healthy. We care about our employees, and, I, and we sincerely mean that. Um, but then, how do you get them over the hump of that? Sounds great, but what you know, what's in it for me mm-hmm. is going to be the, one of the questions. And then, other than their health, um, so I'm curious what you've seen in your experience where you say smoking cessation. If, if you quit smoking, then I'll then your premium is 10 percent less than the other guy, mm-hmm. or we incentivize you some other way. Or if you smoke, your premium is 20 percent higher than the guy next to you. And I'm mm-hmm. just curious. With the carrot and the stick approach, what kind of stuff have you seen tried, and what has worked? And- yeah, I think. Well, let me. Yeah, let me just throw in one more thing. And, and you were talking about the the um, step challenge. One of the companies we had, we did a Biggest Loser program okay. with weight loss, which is a little sensitive. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And we did percentage of weight loss. Okay. So we didn't we weren't posting people's weights or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> and then you have to have you know confidentiality and stuff like that. But again, that was something. And one of the things that I learned from that one is that you need to create a resource around resources around those activities. So the, the like stepping kind of thing is that if you've got some those people that are involved in that program, if you can provide some uh, motivation for them, mm-hmm. some instruction for them, some you know those kinds of things. I think that becomes more more motivational on that one. Um, the carrot and the stick. Um, smoking is a great one and, and you know and, and that's really there's there's not a lot that's allowed from an insurance premium perspective to add a pr- uh, additional premium on except for smoking. You, okay. know, you, can't, right. you can't do it for weight or you can't yeah. do it for you know any other health issue. Donuts or <laughs> you, know, you know if you're unhealthy you're gonna pay more. No and that's that wouldn't be right. But smoking, in every organization I've had, and we've had the discussions internally, we said, no, we're, we're going to keep, us, you know, the, the negative side, uh, additional premium for smokers. Okay. And, and it was, you know, it was the honor system in terms of people saying, are you a smoker or not? Okay. I mean, but, but um, and then offer, when, you know, you're talking about smoking, smoking cessation, is, is that then you're offering, and that's what I was talking about, the resources. Okay. So you say, yes, there's a penalty. And some people go, that's fine. You know, that, that, that's fine. You know, that, I'll pay that. Uh, others say, I really want to quit, have tried to quit many times, and haven't been able to. And I appreciate the company's efforts in helping to support that which could have financial implications for them as well from a premium perspective. I, you know, um, so the, the answer, there's not too many sticks available, really, Josh. Yeah, <laughs> no. um, yeah you're, you know, you're not going to penalize people for, you know, for, for, for health issues that they might have. Yeah. Smoking is really probably about the only one that you can have you know, from a legal perspective. Mm. Uh, that you can do something from a premium perspective, and you could decide not to. I mean, that's the, you know, encouraging, and that would be maybe the, you know, the carrot on it, and saying we really want you to not be smoking. But you know, um, I think that in, in this case, the premium becomes some type of incentive okay. for that. So, um, yeah, you had kind of started to address some legal or the potential of a legal issue on overall. Um, wellness programs and things like that. Do you are there any legal issues or repercussions that you might have to worry about rolling out a, a new 
if it's a wellness, if it's a financial, if it's a step challenge, is there anything that the company should? No, I think the key part is it's voluntary. That it's you know that you're not you're not forcing people into uh, doing something that they don't want to do. Um, and you, you even want to try to avoid the uh, you know the, the the group thing kind of thing is forcing sort of indirectly forcing people to participate, yeah. or for you to go and tell somebody specifically you want them to participate. Right. Okay. Um, but no, I, I, there, it's voluntary. You know, you want to make sure that the, you know what you're offering is sound. You know, from you know from a a medical perspective or a nutritional perspective or those kinds of things. But um, so I, I don't see any. On that. I'm, what I should do a disclaimer. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I should have said that to begin with, right? Um, but uh, no. Um, so, what about um, we? I shared an article with David not too long ago because we knew this podcast was coming up, and it was kind of about some some creative things that, that employers are trying to do for retention, especially here in this in this market, like we just talked about. It's really tough just to get bodies in the door, mm -hmm. uh, much less retain them. But these a couple of these companies were either doing 100% coverage of, for the employee. For the employee yeah, yes. Or one of them, I think, was... It was a whole everybody. Family. It was a family. Oh, a family family plan? Yeah, yeah, it was like a 60-person company, yeah. uh, which is not that much bigger than we are, and it's like a million-dollar line item for them. Wow. But he said it's, his thought, the, the CEO's thought was... Um, that's one less thing that guy's got to think about. Yep. Then he can just concentrate on work, or, yep. or as the employee can think yep. And I'm just curious in your past experience with retention and um, things like that. I'm sure you've done, like you said, you've kind of moved those things all around. What have you seen? How, how much does that really impact somebody's willingness to stay at a company or not? Um, well, a couple, couple things. Yeah, the the um, it, I think it is an incentive, and you see a lot of uh, fully paid employee only. You do run into sort of an, un, an unwritten kind of thing where they say, "Okay, you're paying for family. Well, I'm a single. Can I get that money?" Right. Okay. <laughs> so there is a, a you know, and, and it's you know, you could say, "Well, no, we just don't do that. We we offer the family, but you know, there's no there's no uh, you know refund for you if if you've got a single plan." But you know, people will ask that question. Um, yeah, the, the 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 moving parts. Um, what was I thinking about? Was um, one of the things that I, that I did um, was created an internal marketplace. Is that there's, there's an assumption from insurance companies that one size fits all, and you know, and I don't know whether how many plans you offer. You know, do you have multiple? Three, three, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you've got a number of them. Yeah, we've about the same. Yeah. Um, so one one year I, I got creative and caused the broker a lot of heartache. Um, and, <laughs> And we had we offered five plans, okay. and uh, it was like an internal marketplace. But also behind it, in which you're aware of, I mean, the the the, the moving parts are four moving parts. There's premiums that the employees pay, and also the company pays. Yeah. There's deductibles, which is part built into the program. There's copays, which the employee pays, you know, for whether it's meds or or, vi or visits, you know, the base mm -hmm. amount of money. And then there's the max out of pocket, which is the other number that you know um, that's important in terms of people using the plan. So you can move those around, you know, uh, on on the table, and it doesn't seem to make a big difference in terms of the the total cost of the plan. Yes, you know, higher deductibles will reduce the, the cost of the plan. But you think about it, you go, oh, what if we went $1,500 deductible? Well, it moved it 
a small amount, mm-hmm. you know, and you've probably seen that yeah. in your quotes. Um, so w- what we did was we put a, we built this five five step plan with a, sort of a, a you know fully covered kind of thing that people were comfortable with, very low deductible, and up to a higher deductible. And I don't I don't really recall what the total deductible was. But behind that, there really wasn't that much difference in terms of premiums between these. Like I just said, you know, you're not moving the needle a lot. So what we did is we subsidized the high deductible plan at a higher rate. Okay. So you, you start putting more money into that, which makes it from a premium perspective more attractive. So if you've got somebody that doesn't have a lot of health issues, they go, oh, that's a great plan for a, a, a smaller amount of money. And then you've got somebody that knows they've got some, you know, some family health issues or themselves having some health issues. They may migrate to a, a plan that, that has, um, you know, higher premium, but more certainty in terms of money outlay. Mm-hmm. So those are the, those are some, that was one thing which was, was pretty, you know, I, I thought pretty uh, creative and um, uh, was employees took well to it. Mm-hmm. Because particularly, you know, like I said, it's, it's not one size fits all necessarily and, and this created sort of a smorgasbord of you know, plans that that helped them um, so um, yeah in my experience mostly really almost exclusively have been self-insured plans where the company is paying the premiums out uh, and then they have an insurance coverage that's called stop loss that if you have an ex- you have a high case or a, you know a uh, a high insurance claim the insurance picks it up that's over right. over a certain percentage or dollar amount so um, so you have some you know with a self insured plan you have some latitude you know to be able to do some some of those things but really is you know insurance is <laughs> I don't, it's a bit of a helpless feeling. You know, um, it's all based on experience claims looking back 12 months, you yeah. know, and it's kind of like, well, that's not going to be next year. That's right. You know, we, we know we had this person and they're well and whatever, or, or several people. Um, I've been in, in plans. I saw a 20% increase in a year. I don't know what, yeah, you know, what, yeah that's, <laughs> you've seen those kinds of things. Yeah, they, they hurt. I mean, they're terrible. Yeah. So then, and then you're in a position of saying, okay, how do we divvy up that 20%? What piece of it will the company take? What piece of it will employees take? Um, so that, that becomes a, a real challenge. And then is there a point of, you know, sort of no return for employees? I mean, is there a point at which they can't take any more pain, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. from a premium perspective? And, and that's what, you know, you're, that's what you're trying to, um, to do. So, um, you know, it feels like you just, you know, like I said, you can't move the needle. Um, there is one, one story I'll tell you about, you know, when, when Continental bought O'Sullivan, Continental's this mega corporation, you know, the tire company and the automotive and all of that, and they have a huge presence in the United States, and the insurance was being taken by the corporate entity, the U.S. entity. So I tell people I've never had a meeting where I went in and uh, told people that their premiums would go down and the plan would improve. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a good that was a good thing from an insurance company perspective. And uh, but uh, that's pretty rare. You yeah. Know? And that, that, that's like once in your HR career that you have that meeting. So. I'm still waiting on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to get bought. But uh, <laughs> no, But I guess uh, back to one of your original. Points sure. when when you said that the insurance companies talk about it, the brokers talk about the wellness is the final frontier. Yeah, and I I think David probably had the same experience. One of my frustrations as we shop every year uh, for coverage every couple of years is that I always ask about that. 
And um, from the company's perspective, I'm thinking, if I'm running a fairly robust wellness program, um, and I don't know how I can measure the results, but can't shouldn't I get some kind of like premium deduction or a discount or something? You know, something. And I would, and I would always ask, what do you have in the way of wellness programs? And it's well, always what you get. Well, it's always this terrible. You log onto this website, yep. you click a couple things, you watch some videos, you take a self uh, questionnaire about uh, your health status and all that stuff, and you get some points. Mm-hmm. And that those points maybe that maybe that lowers your deductible a hundred bucks or something. You know, it's some kind of random thing. Mm-hmm. But in other words, that person's not any healthier than they were mm-hmm. three mouse clicks ago. That, you know, three mouse clicks. That's the, and that's the like it doesn't have any teeth. I guess is right. kind of what I'm looking right. at. I'm just wondering what your opinion is on why in the world don't insurance companies take more of a stance? I mean, you're kind of, I guess you'd be running yourself out of business in some way, but. It just doesn't seem like... Yeah, I don't think they want people sick. <laughs> but, I mean, not, yeah. not, not, not that logic. Yeah. But, yeah. but you're right. The incentive's not there necessarily yeah. for, for that. But So that really puts the onus on, on an employer. Right. I mean, really, I think that's really kind of where you're heading with this. that thought is that it's up to you all to come up with those kinds of things. The other, the other over the years I've been involved in, you know, the, the quotes and stuff is that, you know, the thing that rings in my head is the claims are the claims. Mm-hmm. You know, so no matter what, you know, no matter, you know, if the claims are the last 12s or whatever you're looking at, that's going to drive you for the next year. Um, and no matter what you're doing, the claims are really what's driving it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So even initiatives, um, they're not, there's, no, there's no incentive for a reduction in premiums because you're embarking on something. If you see the if you see a wellness program or you initiate a wellness program and you see a reduction in claims, you'll you'll reap that in future years. Right. And that's what I said. You need to take the ten thousand or maybe twenty thousand view you know feet view of that to say, okay, here's here's the progression of these these plans and mm-hmm. what they look like over time because you're not going to see it in a year or two mm-hmm. necessarily. You know, um, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? I, yeah. Has there been any resistance that you've seen or faced when trying to do these different programs, uh, either internally with management or um, the, the team itself that you're trying to impart the new program on? Uh, no, because, I mean, you know, it's, it's like I said, most of these initiatives are voluntary. So, you know, there's a group that, you know, whatever the, is it thirds, quarters? I don't know. Right. You've got this group that, would do it anyway, even if you didn't offer a program, you know, that, that they have that mindset. You have another group that, you know, you might move that more of them into thinking in that way. And there's another group that doesn't care and won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, you know, so, um, I, yeah, the resistance isn't, you know, I, I guess you could maybe find somebody that said, I don't know why we're spending money on this or whatever. Um, the biggest thing, and goes back to your question about carrot and stick, is I have had some probably some active conversations about the smoking premium mm-hmm. you know and people can get uh, pretty pretty unhappy with with that you know and that you know discriminatory you know, believing that it's discriminatory or whatever and so yeah the, I've you know actually some angry conversations yeah. about that um, and it's um, that you know they, they thought that that was you know it was wrong and it shouldn't shouldn't be you know um, shouldn't be in place but that's probably the biggest you know in terms of pushback 
And that's a big one. Yeah. I mean, so you really can't, you know, uh, you know, uh, you have to, you know, think of, think about that in mm -hmm. terms of whether you want to, you know, weather that. So. Yeah, I, th I think about that too, just because I, like I said, the nutrition and wellness stuff is something I've been kind of going down a rabbit hole the last several years, and it's interesting. But when you when you mentioned smoking a couple of times, I feel like that just can, kind of reinforces what I think is that those industries are way behind the trend line of what's really the problems, you know, and I think probably a lot less people are smoking and using tobacco now than it used to be. There's probably still a fair amount of it, but what's way worse is, you know, obesity and diabetes and these other things that are leading to mm -hmm. hypertension and, mm -hmm. and heart problems. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you can't, you can't discriminate. You can't legislate that. Yeah, you can't. No, and you can't no. say on the checkbox, you can say, do you have a lot of blood pressure? Then here's your premium. Yeah. Um, boy, then you get whacked over the knuckles for that one. So, <laughs> no. um, I, I always want to ask though, uh, we've had a couple of guests on here that are in the, um, the PT space, you know, physical therapy mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And they talked about doing some like pre-employment assessments mm -hmm. and, um, to, just to make sure somebody physically, maybe if it's a, if it's a job in a manufacturing facility, for example, mm -hmm. could actually do the lift, job. Lift 50 pounds. Right. When you say that on their application, they actually can do it. But, and mm -hmm. here's the movements that you're going to be doing. You know, doing uh, did you ever see any of that or try any of that? We did, we did um, years ago, did pre-employment physicals. Okay. And, and that was, and again, you have to be, and again, I'm not a lawyer, mm -hmm. but that you, you, there are legal pitfalls on pre-employment physicals okay. from an ADA perspective, Americans with Disabilities okay. Act, is that you have to be careful that you're not precluding somebody um, because of something that would be classified as a disability under ADA. Um, so you have to have it as you know truly bona fide um, uh, requirements of the job. Okay. So you know lifting fifty would be a good a good example of okay. that. You know do they you know they have an issue? And you know and, and when we did it, we even you know like like the Valley Health Coach, we were able to you know people were able to find some problems that they didn't know about mm -hmm. that they had some health issues that. Yeah, which was good news, yeah. you know, for, for them to, to, to do that. Um, but again, physicals are tending, to, I think, tending to be less, you know, in terms of pre-employment physicals, or you're really cutting them down in terms of what you're, what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Like, again, you have to be careful from a, from a legal perspective. But, okay. yeah. but it's, a, it's no different than a workers' comp <clears throat> claim where you've got somebody that was injured, they have to be able to do the work that their job requires, and a doctor would certainly, it, it is different, I was going to say no different, it, it is different, but it's also in the same vein as mm -hmm. that they're able to do the physical requirements of the job. To be able to return. To be able to return. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with going in to say you have to be able to do the physical uh, Yeah, I guess the hope is that maybe if you did that um, pre-employment or the, what they call work hardening or something, that mm -hmm. maybe you prevent that workers' comp claim, mm -hmm. assuming you had all the safety measures and all yeah, exactly. and yeah, there's a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, yeah for sure. There are. For sure. And just out of curiosity, I mean, for a larger company like Continental, it'd be probably a lot easier. But when you were saying about making sure that it's documented and things, is that having a process manual or having other things that say that you're actually doing those things, or is it just knowing on the floor that you have to lift fifty pounds? Or that's no, job. It's usually job description. Job description. Yeah, so you're having everything written down, everything's documented, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and you should yeah, you should have job descriptions that you know that that have the physical requirements, the environmental requirements, those kinds of things in terms of what people are you know what 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 the job entails. Because otherwise, you're right, it's just verbal, and it's just kind of like oh yeah, everybody oh well you know Jimmy doesn't lift fifty. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of yeah, you want it, you need to be across the board have have requirements for that. So. Okay.
what about um, when you're when you're having these conversations? I think we talked about it a little bit, but um, if, if you're the guy in the room that has this new idea about a wellness program, mm-hmm. um, or maybe tomorrow listeners might want to know, like, what do you think are some selling points that you could pass along to a management team or an ownership group that could maybe help convince them that this is a really good idea? Well, I think I think part of it is something like what we're talking about is that companies, you know, like your, yours and you know, David's and, and yours, it, that you want, that you're doing it. And, there, you know, there's some, you know, some success stories, hopefully, that mm-hmm. could be shared as companies our size, those kinds of things have embarked on these things. And here are some of the results of those things. Um, you know, David, you, to your point, you know, re- if retention's improving, that's, that's a great thing. If absenteeism is improving, um, again, it's hard to see over one, one year or one cycle, but over time, um, I think you know you want, you want to do those measures, and I think there are ROIs on it. It's just you need to get creative and looking at what what are some key indicators and reporting on those key indicators on that. You know, um, so but I think that's 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 the selling. You know, and also you know we care about employees. We, yeah. You know, I mean that, that I keep saying that. I know. And uh, like I said, I've been fortunate, and I think you know knowing you know about you know you guys, and you have the same view of employees that are, you're working with, you know, that you care about them and you want the best for them, um, which I think is, is important. And I, like I said, I've been fortunate to work for companies that had that view. So. Good. Yeah, just think about the recruiting and that kind of stuff too. Um, you got, you know, when a guy comes in the door, the gal comes in the door, you got your pay rate mm-hmm. and you got your benefits or whatever. And, mm-hmm. say, and we have this wellness program. I, just, yeah. I, I wonder how much value somebody puts on that. I hope it's a lot. Well, I was shocked. I wonder. I wish you know, that's a really good. You know, you got this whole portfolio of benefits that you're talking about, yeah. and and I was shocked um, when you know we're looking at 401k matches, and you know, and, and uh, you have an aggressive plan and all that, and you're talking to people about it, and you know, some of the some younger employees say it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I'd rather have the money. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, no, you really do want this. Yeah. I mean, that that is an example <laughs> of it. It's in your best interest. You know, yeah. and I'm being paternal, I guess, yeah. you know, in terms of with these employees, but, you know, say, saying, saying that, um, and, you know, and again, some young, young folks, when I was at uh, one of the school divisions, I remember a young teacher asking me about health insurance. He goes, do I need that? I said, uh, yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they were, you know, and I, and I made a comment, and I probably shouldn't have, but it was something about, you know, um, she said, well, I'm still on my parents. I said, your parents would pre- probably appreciate you taking, <laughs> taking, this, taking this plan, you know? And it was probably, yeah, it was probably fully paid, you know? Yeah. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you, you should take this plan. But you decide. <laughs> I can't tell you what to do. <laughs> no, so, so, yeah. Any final questions, David? No, my, my final a couple final yeah, thoughts. Please, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, you know, I've said it a couple times, is really caring about the work, people you work with and for, you know, that work for you. And then the other one I think is really awareness um, and creating a plan. Um, you don't want a haphazard approach saying, well, let's do nutrition and then let's do step plan and let's do, we'll do a, you know, and, and there's no consistency to it or um, uh, a, a backup plan or a resource plan, you know, and I think the resources are important. Uh, and I think that's where third parties do come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they you oh, yeah. can't you can't provide you know those resources, yeah. and, and you can't be available to provide those resources. But other 
people are and you can make those connections with, with them. Um, and that's really providing support and it's money, resources, programs, you know, time, uh, those kinds of things. So, but I think it's, yeah, it's great that you're, you know, you're pushing, pushing those things. And, uh, I think there, you know, there's, there's lots of creative ways and getting employees involved in it, I think is a, a good way to say what matters to them. So, yeah, yeah agree. Good. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, Rick. Been, thanks for the it was time. A fun, fun conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, actually, it would be interesting sometime to maybe talk a little bit about the, the international scene, uh, or what you remember from those guys. But we'll, we'll figure that out. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for coming by today. We Good. always appreciate it. Good. And, thanks, uh, Josh. Really David. enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. That was a neat. Thanks for coming along with us for another episode of the Healthy Team, Healthy Business podcast. We'd love for you to follow us on Instagram at Healthy Team, Healthy Biz. That's B-I-Z. You can also find us on Facebook under the same name. You're welcome to send us a message on either one of those applications, or you can send us an email directly at teamdudes at healthyteamhealthybusiness.net. We'd love to hear your feedback and requests you might have for topics or guests. Please feel free to send them our way. If you would take the time to give us a rating or a feedback on your favorite podcast app, that would also be much appreciated and quite helpful. Thanks again for following along and sharing your passion for health with all of us.